Hello and welcome to Your Mama Podcast. I am your host, Sarah Evans. I am now officially the mom of a five-year-old and a three-month-old, and it is an exciting time in our household. We are just coming off the birthday buzz for this five-year-old, and let me tell you, I know that I overdo it. My husband would tell you I overdo it. I know that I do for birthdays. I just get super excited about them, and... uh I overdo it. If you are a reader of the Berenstein Bear books, do you remember the one called Too Much Birthday? I swear that's me as a, an adult curled up in the fetal position at the end of a birthday day. Uh, and my son was no different. And you think I'd learn my lesson every year about Too Much Birthday. But uh, I just, I my love language is through gifts and I enjoy showing people I care about them by doing things. And, uh, I think the birthday meltdown is usually because of too much sugar, actually not too much birthday. My son gets a limited amount of sugar and, uh, on birthday days, it starts off with a Krispy Kreme donut cake and ends with a ice cream truck. It's probably just too much, but we had a great time. And my son even had his own Snapchat filter for his actual birthday party. I was one of only three adults who actually used Snapchat at the party. Uh, but we had fun making memories and doing some fun things and playing with kids. But let me tell you, I want to, I want to talk about something important or that's important in our family. And this is probably a first world problem. My son likes some things that would be considered girl toys. I remember two years ago, Target said it was going to start doing away with genderized toy aisles, which has not happened in our Target yet. Has it happened in one near you? Because my son loves Shopkins. Now, they're traditionally down a girl's aisle. Uh, Most young girls I know play with them or people that I know who play with them are happen to be girls, but he loves them. And I am always all about any toys. You want to play with a baby doll? Awesome. He has those. Do you want to play with superheroes? Great. You want to play with blocks? Awesome. You want to play with markers? I mean, just part of the imaginative play. So his party was half Shopkins, half Legos, because we had it at a Lego building facility called Bricks for Kids. And I'm just so used to him playing with these things. I actually don't think a lot about it. So I had everything set up and I know at least one mom there was like Shopkins, really? So it made me start thinking like there are certain people in our lives, you surround yourself with friends and you uh, a lot of times determine your friends by what kids get along well, or if they share similar parenting philosophies. And I started thinking like, is this someone that I really need in my life? You know, if they're not accepting of something as simple as the type of toy my son plays with? What if he would exhibit other qualities that they don't deem appropriate or normal and then ostracize him in some way or treat him differently or, or, um, tell their kids that it's not okay. And they start making fun of him, which, you know, he might get teased anyway for liking Shopkins and that's no big deal, you know, by his, his peers, it's something that you can work on and, and address, or perhaps he'll expose other, kids, maybe boys who think that's a girl toy into thinking, well, what's the big deal? I could play with this, you know, no big deal. Um, but it really bothered me not, um, because I'm angry at this person in particular, but I thought, you know, to make light of a kid or make fun of a kid at their own birthday party, like what, that's probably not someone that I need in my life. So, uh, even as an adult, you might go through and as a mom or a new mom, 
uh, or a seasoned mom uh, might rotate through friends. It might become just a kind of blip on your screen in your life because your parenting philosophies don't match up or the way you're raising your kids don't match up. And uh, it, it just it made me re-examine that particular friendship and think about, you know, um, is this something that really needs to be part of our life? And uh, I wondered, you know, if there were other moms or dads there who thought the same thing, no one else said anything. Um, and in fact, many of them got him Shopkins toys, so I thought that was pretty sweet, pretty cool, and he was extra excited. But from the beginning, this kid, my son, has uh, predominantly liked the color pink, uh, two years ago for Halloween, he wanted to be a fairy for Halloween, a pink f- a fairy, and that was fine. I, I know my husband struggled with it a little bit at first, but I, I tried to tell him it it doesn't matter. You look at the spectrum of things that he's interested in and toys he's into. He's a creative kid. He's not genderizing anything that, that he's into right now. It's just something that he likes. He could be playing with Batman one minute, a Barbie the next, a Shopkins, He-Man, Legos. It doesn't matter. It's just part of his uh, repertoire of toys. So I'd be interested to know, do you have kids that like something that's predominantly favored by the other gender and their um, and they're into it. Maybe they're normalizing it for their friends or making it less of a stigma. Maybe it's a conversation among you and your mom or parent friends. Contact me on any social network with hashtag your mama podcast. You can always email me prsarahevans at gmail.com. So my dad came in town for my son's birthday and my dad is, is just a neat guy. Um, he was a coach, a basketball and track coach during his career before he retired. And he and my mom both decided in their parenting philosophy to raise my sisters and I, uh, in this way to keep us little girls as long as possible. And I really, I really love that philosophy. Now I also love technology and my kids are growing up in the Snapchat generation and they're exposed to technology. They're tablet, iPad devices, phones, you know, that's just part, they're digital natives. It's it's what they're used to. But my dad had a great point during one of our morning chats, which is my favorite time to chat about what it meant to be an old fashioned kid. Um, some of the things that were important to them, um, giving us a lot of playtime. Both my parents are educators and in America today, I've read several articles on the amount of emphasis we put on kindergarten, um, just starting off in the school system, how much learning kids are expected to do. And they're missing out on some of those socio, um, social, emotional, developmental milestones. And they get a lot of that through their playtime, through their interactive playtime. So even uh, when we don't think that they're learning, they're learning and they're learning life skills, important life skills. And that was something my parents put a heavy emphasis on was that playtime. And then we talked about how kids get different interests, whether it's sports, um, or theater, acting, singing, uh, arts, but, um, you know, if they get into athletics at a young age, they might be joining traveling leagues and traveling teams and be, spend an amazing amount of hours, um, in this or in gymnastics or dance. And they continue to miss out on some of that just free time, that play time. So I wanted to make an effort and I told my dad to raise old-fashioned kids with a technology twist. So to keep some of those family values uh, on that that playtime and interactive time, both with with us as parents and with their peers, and make sure that they, they get enough of that so that they're, they're fulfilled that way and, and that it's important to me to have 
emotionally responsible and emotionally mature kids. Um, Maybe it's because I'm more of a sensitive person, but I want my son especially to be able to communicate his feelings and talk about uh, how he's doing. And um, someday when he has a partner in his life, if he chooses to have a partner that he can express himself and talk and and the same with his friends that he can have you know um, full relationships with the people in his lives so it's important to me Uh, and I've talked about kindergarten because this is our first foray into the kindergarten world my son starts at the end of this month and we got to go back to school shopping yesterday I don't know about you but it was one of my favorite things in the whole world to go back to school shopping. And I'm telling you, as I'm talking about it, I just closed my eyes because it was so fun. I had more fun than he did. I used to love going in the school supply aisles and just like smelling supplies, getting them all home, laying them out, putting them in my book bag, labeling them, taking them back out, playing school before I got to school. And my son, I don't think he gets it yet. I mean, I was so excited pulling all of his supplies in the cart And when we got home yesterday, I organized them all, set them all up, and he's just like, whatever. Okay, cool. got the supplies. Um, But all the supplies now, they go into a community bin. I don't know if your kid's school does that, uh, but they go into a community bin. Um, So I didn't get to label them all, and he doesn't get to keep them as his own. They're going to go somewhere for the class to distribute, I guess. But it was still so fun. And now I have a concept of how expensive school supplies are because I've never had, I haven't had to buy them since I was younger. So it's interesting to see how much that actually adds up to. And um, I see why teachers put a few things on their wish list too. So I'm hoping I can contribute to that this year. I assume um, a lot of it's for creativity, arts and crafts and those types of things. So I'm hoping I can be one of those parents. It's like, cool, you need some pom-poms for crafts? I got you you know, and, uh, we're going to his open house after we get back from our trip to Florida, which I'm really excited about. I'm speaking at a conference there, uh, next week. So we're doing our first family trip of four to Florida. And have you ever seen those images on different social networks? What a woman packs versus what a man packs or what a woman thinks about for packing versus what a man packs. It is so true. And it happens every time we go someplace. I'm literally, I'm flying with my daughter uh, the baby, and then my son, my son and husband are flying out the next day to meet us. But yet, I'm still packing for all four of us, and it's going to take one big suitcase, one small one, and one carry-on, and that is being effective and efficient because that includes packing diapers and a play mat and all that good stuff. But the list I made for what we have to do, everything from uh, getting getting the dog boarded to uh, someone to pick up our mail to childcare for my son the day that I fly out to coordinating our flights and tickets, and we are going to Disney, which I'm excited about. So I'm buying that tic- those tickets in advance, and we're going to do maybe SeaWorld one day, and then a pool day. But it is out of control. I've talked about this before when I'm planning and packing, and then my husband's like, mm, "Let me know what I need to bring, or just lay it out, and I'll pack it. I'll put it in the suitcase." <laughs> So I'm getting all that done in addition to actually working, getting my presentation done and getting ready to go on stage. I am now three months postpartum and it's going to be my first time getting up on stage again in front of people and uh, just getting ready for that. So not just thinking about the content that I want to share, which is most important to the people in attendance, but getting myself put back together, getting my nails done, getting my hair did, you know, all that. 
important stuff to me because you still are a public spokesperson and um, fashion is something that is important to me and is something that I care about. So, you know, I'm dressing this new post-baby body. So getting all that stuff in order. And it's an interesting experience. It hasn't resulted in a lot of tears and crying, but it definitely adds a little different stress level to things as, um, as I'm getting ready for that. So talking about one thing that I always talk about every episode, mom guilt. I don't know if you ever read the blog scarymommy.com, but there was an article that came out last week called Your Kid is a Brat and It's Your Fault. And I was like, what the heck? What is this article? Well, I started reading it and it's got different bulleted points on there. And as I was reading it, I read the first one and I was like, boom, guilty. Second one, boom, guilty. Like, I was guilty of these things. I'm like, oh, my God, is, is my kid a brat? Maybe he is sometimes. But I started feeling guilty as I was reading these. Like, listen to this. So one reason a kid is a brat and it's our fault as parents, um, we negotiate. Like the, uh, okay, I'll give you one more chance, and then that chance turns into another one and another one and another one, and we never actually follow through on what we're saying. Now, this is something I have struggled with, and I try really hard to do, so that wasn't my big one, but I can I, I know lots of parents who do. It's the third, fourth, fifth, sixth chance. But listen to this one, because I'm totally guilty of this. We ask them what they want for dinner. And in the article it says, I don't remember ever being asked what I wanted for dinner, do you? And and I don't. My mom made dinner, put it on the table, and we ate it. And I think the nights that I chose not to, I ended up eating some cereal before bed because that's what it was. But I am that type of parent where I'm like, um, so what What are you hungry for tonight? You want chicken tenders? You want hummus? You want pizza? And why, you know, I don't know why. Is it because I feel like I didn't get that option so he needs it? No, I've got to do better of saying this is what we're eating. So here you go. And if you want some little variation of that, like maybe you don't like onions, so... I'll only put onions in half. I don't mind doing that because I do that as an adult. I I have preferences like that. Another one, their plans trump ours. I I know several parents, and I've been guilty of this too. I'll call and say, hey, do you want to go to the park? you want to do something? And they'll say, um... Uh, let me check. Let me see if he wants to go or let me see if she wants to go. Or, uh, we give up plans because in this article, it says, sorry, I can't do that. Bobby has a game. Um, and in, in this particular article, they give the advice, uh, to miss a few games. Now I I can't imagine if my kids playing sports or doing something intentionally missing a game because I actually enjoy that, but they're saying that this whole idea, this concept of letting our kids' plans run our lives uh, makes our kids a brat. What do you, what do you think about that? Um, I'm interested because there are lots of bullet points here, and I was guilty, I'd say, on about, I'd say 40% of them. Um, so I was kind of examining my parenting skills, and I've got some things I need to work on, but don't we all? And it's uh, one day at a time here. Um, another article, because I'm always reading, I love to read, and I haven't read a real book in a few years now having kids, so I read articles at night. But there was a great one on LinkedIn. It was career advice, and it was the career advice I wish I had at 25. Now, I don't know if I would have listened to it because I was extremely career-oriented and career-motivated. So even if I would have heard it, would I have listened to it? Mm, I don't know. But I wanted to talk about a few important points 
now looking at my career as a mom and having two small kids. One of them was this, most success comes from repetition, not new things. You know, I always thought I I had to do something new. I had to be on the forefront. I had to be leading the way. But my gosh, have I learned that when I start to do things over time, the same things over and over and doing them really well, success has really come from that. And as a mom, it's great because I don't have to constantly be doing something new, but improving on the things that I do well. And it's uh, it's so important. Um, Again, I don't know if I would have listened at 25, but it's something that I find really valuable right now. And here's the biggie. Here's the biggie for me from this article um, because it's something I've struggled with. And it's number four on this list. Deprioritize your career when your kids are young. And yes, I created my own job for this. To, to do what I do so that I, I can be here for my kids, but I do still find purpose in my work and it's important to me. But the, the writer of this said, I was watching some video of my kids when they were little last week. And I realized again, that the little people in that video don't exist in that form anymore. And that really, that really hit me because these stages are so precious and so fleeting. And I really am one of those people that I do embrace it every day, even when there's a, a meltdown or a fight or an argument or you know something isn't going our way, that this is truly a precious little moment. And by I, I hope someday that my kids know that even though I, I'm working a few hours every day while they're here, that they come first and that they got their mom the majority of their time, but that their mom still contributed to their household so that we could live a certain way and live a certain lifestyle. And I'm so thankful every day for what we have because of the way my husband and I choose to work. And my husband works long hours. Um, He has to be at the office by 6 a.m. and doesn't get home till 6 p.m. And he still is a great dad when he comes home and gives my son time and attention and can hold the baby for a while. And luckily we have a baby, so if he's exhausted, he can sit on the couch and hold her and still give her time and attention. And I can play with our son, but our lifestyle is set up to be able to be there for them. And I I just love it. Uh, I also wanted to make a note. If you notice the beginning of the show and then at the outro, take a listen. There is new intro and outro music for the show. This is so cool. This past weekend, I woke up and a woman in one of my mom groups, who's about to be a new mom, said she listened to one of the episodes and was inspired because she's a musical composer and wrote this original music now for your mama podcast. So a huge thank you to Megan Crane. It was so thoughtful. I emailed her back and said a giant smile just exploded across my face. It was so kind, so thoughtful, uh, but she is a music composer. So check her stuff out. She is at Megan Crane, C-R-A-I-N.com. Such a cool thing, moms helping moms. And this community is growing slowly, but surely I am just so flattered that she took the time to do this, especially as she's expecting her own young one. Uh, to put this together. And it's cool because it's music that she thought of from listening to the conversation happening here. So if you have something original artwork, something cool you want to do with your mama podcast, of course, hashtag it your mama podcast or email me prsarahevans.com. And don't forget, I'm looking for your mom guilt story. So if you want to be on the show or send in your mom guilt story, I have an easy way you can record that on Skype and send it to me, or you can come on live and be a guest. Uh, 
Um, I'm also excited because Your Mama Podcast is now distributed in three places on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. This is our fifth episode, so we're going to start getting more distribution. I'm excited. So let your friends know about the show. Send me your topics that you want to hear uh, because I'm only as good as the content that I can put out and you let me know what you're working on too. I also wanted to make one more note about Pokemon Go. Um, I thought I was the cool hip mom in the neighborhood, you know, one of the first ones to download it and then got my own son into it. It was something mom knew that he didn't yet, and now he is totally addicted to it. He had a Pokeball shaved into the side of his head, and we usually do one lap around the park each night to catch a Pokemon before bed. But we had um, an 11-year-old neighborhood boy come over the other day who was actually helping my son build Legos because my visual spatial skills suck. I don't know how else to say it. I'm left-handed. I don't know if that's part of it. I, I just, I struggle with Legos and numbers and directions. And uh, this neighborhood boy is like a Lego savant. So he comes over to help my son build and they fig- finish the Legos in no time. And then Cash mentioned something about Pokemon Go and this kid's face just lights up and he pulls out a phone. He's 11. He has his own phone. I don't even know what ages kids are getting phones at now, but he is, he's like this uber responsible 11 year old. If any 11 year old is going to have a phone, it's this kid. But he starts talking to us about Pokemon Go and opens this whole new world of strategy up that I didn't even know about. How he's evolving them, how he's getting candies, how he's eliminating duplicates to get more candies, uh, how he was getting different water Pokemon at different parts of the state. And it just, t- I mean, he schooled me. I got schooled by an 11 year old. On technology, and I texted his mom after he went home, just saying, you know, thank you, thanks for letting him come over. And she said, wow, he felt really proud that he taught you, someone who loves technology, something new. And it also just made me realize how out of touch I am with the things kids like today. So luckily, I hound my 13-year-old babysitter about what the the cool kids are using these days, and then my five-year-old son keeps me afloat on the rest. So I've got my own little case studies happening here every day, but how much I'm out of touch. Like I was playing Pokemon Go one way, but really not the way kids are playing it. And they are awesome. And last night when we took our lap around the park, there were a group of 10 and 11 year old boys in the middle of the grassy area of our park screaming. I was like, what the heck? I realized they're all playing Pokemon Go. And they caught some cool Pokemon. And my son had just caught a a cool new Pokemon. I was like, dude, do you want to run over there and see what they got? He was like, yeah. But I realized I was like the dorky mom interfering on their celebration. So I kind of pushed my son into it and he opened up around these big kids. They all had their phones out and they were showing off Pokemon and it was this cool interaction. He came over and he was like, they really liked my Pokemon. They said it was cool. He has chest out a little wider as we walked home. So it was a great interaction. So Pokemon Go has been a pretty cool experience for us. He can only play it supervised with me, but um, he's a bit shy. So it helped him engage in conversation with some older kids. Uh, He bonded with an 11 year old boy, which he didn't really buy playing Legos, even though he came over to help build Legos. So it's been an eye opener for me watching how kids actually use apps versus how maybe adults might do it. And uh, Pokemon Go is really cool. I love augmented reality and can't can't wait to see how it evolves and what happens next, but it's something I really want to supervise my kids with to see how they engage in these new worlds that are, are coming and among us. 
Um, so that's what I have for you this week. I will be coming to you next week, likely off the trip of from Orlando. So I can tell you either it went really well or the horror stories of traveling with an infant and a five-year-old and a husband. Um, I'm excited for it though. Looking forward to a vacation. We really haven't taken one in years, but luckily I travel a lot for my job. So we typically get some cool travel experiences that way. Thank you as always for listening to your mama podcast. Let me know what you'd like to see coming up or hear coming up your mama podcast hashtag. And as always email me prsarahevans at gmail.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening. Find me on Snapchat at Sarah's faves, F A V E S. My blog is also Sarah's faves and I'm on Twitter at PR Sarah Evans with an H and I will chat with you soon. Peace out. Bye.